You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Where are you turning to first? Are you fully present in your home, or are you totally checked out? Um, And I think as parents, that's something to be really mindful of, and I think that spans from, you know, infants all the way up to adult kids. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, continuing our series on incorruptible love. This week, talking about parenting as we kick off Ephesians chapter six. The last Sunday. chapter. That's right. That's We're right. Almost there. Joined by two special guests. <laughs> Think you know one of them already. We got Lead Pastor Jose Avaro with Taylor. us. Good morning. Good to have you here. And joined a repeat. We can make this a thing regularly, but it's uh, Taylor Averroa in the house. Taylor, thanks for being here. Always great to be here. Great name. Great name. Yes, of <laughs> course. Okay, Jose, let me give you the first word as we jump into this. I'd also love to hear your thoughts already just right off the bat on the order of this, because you right. mentioned that just coming in. We're, we're kind of looking at three different roles. Last week, talking about marriage. This week, talking about parenting. And then next week, talking about the workplace. Yes, so Ephesians 5, 21, I believe, is the verse that says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Christ, and then we talked about marriage and, and how uh, God ordered marriage to be male and female and how to support one another, how to love one another. Husbands, love your wife as Jesus loved the church. And then wives, respect your husband, submit under his leadership. And uh, today we're gonna talk about parenting. We talked about parenting last week and, and today further in depth. Uh, so that's the next thing. Uh, Christina said it at Married People last Sunday, not this past Sunday, but two Sundays ago, the first married people. And she said that when we invest in our marriages, we're really investing in our parenting if we have kids. Um, Our point, uh, the point for us as husband and wife is to teach our kids that uh, they have a healthy mom and dad that love one another and that prioritize their relationship. I think it's easy in our culture to see kids as the primary, um, you know, receivers of attention and investment time-wise. And I mean, it's easy to do that. You have so many sports and uh, extracurriculars and schedules starting from like three years old. We're seeing that right now in our, in our life already. Our schedule is filling up and the more kids you have, the crazier it gets. So really important that we get the order right here. You invest in your marriage first and then invest in your parenting. And then uh, we'll talk about our relationships in the workplace next week. Yeah, well, let's jump in here to these uh, four verses here in Ephesians 6. And verse 1 uh, just starts off right at the back by saying, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And it's such a simple concept, this concept of obedience. And yet, I love how, Jose, you tied in not just the idea of children obeying their parents, but just even getting to the root of how so much of obedience is tied to trust. And we think about, you asked the question of uh, what keeps you know what keeps you from obeying God? What keeps me from obeying God? And it ultimately comes down to that trust piece. So I'd love to ask you both in kind of that twofold question, Question one is how do you maintain that trust in the Lord and how do you continue to cultivate that? And then even as parents, how do you uh, foster and develop a home that, and really a relationship with each of your kids that allows them to trust you more? Yeah, you know, I think when you think of trusting God and um, it, it, it can be tied there with forgiveness and going to God with the things that are in your life and not letting that bitterness, that anger, Um, tether you back and down, but going there with God as we trust God. Um, And I think that, you know, in our house, we, one thing that we talk about a lot with our kids, um, 
you know, both when there has been a break of trust um, and when there's not, is that we're going to be a family that trusts each other. And so we often will ask the question um, or say a statement of, like, why, why did you have X, Y, or Z consequence? Mm-hmm. Um, and our kids are catching on because that's what's best for me or mm-hmm. because I, I trust you. And we verbalize that back, not just in the form of providing consequences, but also of mommy and daddy know what's best for you. So trust mommy and daddy. Yeah, and we can go back to, I mean, think about the first noise that we make as babies. It's not laughter. Um, it's not loving. It's, it's crying. And so you come into the world with needs and and helpless in a way. And so that verse that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. If we lean on our own understanding, we're gonna continue to be lost and we're gonna continue to be tossed around by the waves of uh, circumstances in life and, and those things. But when we trust in the Lord, we're trusting the one who created us, who holds all things together. And so as parents, we wanna be a representation of that uh, model of leadership in, in our home by instilling a culture of trust, not just, hey, obey me because you know, I'm your dad so. or, or your mom or, yeah. or because I said so, even though that's a good answer. Yeah. You know, we should obey our parents just because, um, you know, just because they, they, they said so. So Taylor, I'm, I'm curious for you, you don't have any kids. And so how does this tie into your life in regards to maybe your relationship with the Lord and also your relationship with your folks? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, first I'll just say, I think we even talked about this a few weeks ago, but just trust in general to people around me, like usually starts just ultimately with a trusting God. And if I don't trust God with you know, whatever circumstance or situation I'm in, then how am I going to trust somebody else who's less than perfect and and way less powerful? And, and so I think that's just the key thing. I think uh, as far as cultivating a trust in God, I think about, uh, I just think back to like Hebrews and just Hebrews 11, where it just lays out, I just love that chapter because it lays out some call it the hall of faith, just this idea of yeah. like people going through and saying, okay, the same God that helped with Noah and Moses and Abraham, you know, all these different people. And so just in my own life, I can think back because the ultimate temptation or whisper that I'll hear is, you know, God's holding out on me or right. God's way isn't best. It really is better to do it the world's way or this is what, you know, like my own research may conclude. And yet I think when I just look back, uh, especially in times where I can notice that I'm wavering in that faith and wavering in that desire to be obedient, it really is, I wish I could say I'm perfect, but I'm definitely not at this, but trying to go back to just, okay, how has God been faithful in the past and how mm-hmm. have I seen him work? And so I think that that's the case. And, and similar with parents too, it's like, I, I definitely didn't have perfect parents, but I, I love my parents. And I think just, uh, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't always the best at obeying them, but I think about um, something y'all both just brought up, just this idea of having a safe and trustworthy home and just really trying to, to, to incorporate that. And I think that's what my parents did do well. And I think there's even now looking back later, I realize, I think I was definitely naive growing up thinking that was the case in every home and yeah, then realizing yeah. how much like they really did have to work hard to maintain that and to allow that. And the times where we didn't want to be obedient, they were gracious and yet also firm in, in the ways in which they established structure and discipline. But I do just think about how they really did learning that after the fact, how they really did learn that. And they'll be the first to tell you they didn't get it perfect, but I just think that's a really neat uh, example that they model well. It really well. is. It really is. And I think about the uh, this word that you said, hard work. It is hard work to parent. And I actually think we have some disadvantages now in culture. Back then, you did whatever your mom or dad did. 
You know, your vocation was hereditary. So because your dad was a carpenter, you were a carpenter. Jesus was trained as a carpenter. And that's time together. That's dad mentoring son, mom mentoring daughter. And we mm-hmm. miss that because now we have this sense of individualism, which is not all that. I mean, it's great. We can fully experience our gifts and and, and experiment which ways, which majors we're going to have in college, et cetera. Um, but, but that time together is what's what's been sacrificed and it's really time and energy that build trust mm-hmm. um, and and the more I think about our kids and you know having those conversations in in the in the in the dining table at the ages that they're at oof, it's a lot of work to captivate their attention to keep them you know um, um, with us and then yeah this next piece to have them actually obey us can I share a win from last night? <clears throat> I talked about um, the the thumps that I hear when my three-year-old comes out. He stayed in his bed last night uh, after he got out twice, but then he called out for he called out for us, which is what we've been asking him to do. If you need us, just call us and we'll come. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday we, we we heard this is his sweet little voice say, "Mom, mom!" And then I came in. He goes, "I called mom." <laughs> and I said, "Nobody. I just want to thank you for staying in your bed." And, and he received that. So we saw some obedience yesterday. That's awesome. I think one thing uh, you you spoke on. Too, just the idea of culture and just another thing that I thought of the illustration, I like the uh, the study about the fence and just the limits yeah. and, mm-hmm. and kind of the family dynamics there. I feel like part of culture and, and a lot of it too could come from really legalistic and, and just super structured homes that feel like maybe people that grew up in that, they're like, I don't want my kids to live like that. But, but just, I love how even just the studies are showing that there is uh, a benefit to structure. So I wonder if y'all would want to speak to that, just how you balance that. Like, how do you how are you able to provide a home that is both loving and gracious and yet also structured that aims them towards obedience? Because I'm not a parent, but I feel like that would be a very hard continuum to, uh, to, to get most of the time. No, I mean, I think you're definitely right. And I think that as time has progressed, the ideas, the opinions, the ways to parent have also progressed and shifted. And so I think a lot of households that 50 to 100 years ago would have been on the side of really high structure and um, lack of opportunity to explore and um, very uh, high discipline. You know, a lot of that we've seen hit that other side of the pendulum where it is you know, let kids figure it out. They lead the way. Um, let them self-discover. And there, there's beautiful things in watching kids self-discover, but man, if they aren't given rails of how to do that, it's not very successful. And they end up feeling more lost than they find. Um, and so I think uh, as parents, and I think these verses in Ephesians really speak to that of, man, kids do need structure and they do need discipline. And so I think there's pragmatic ways that you can do that within your family. Um, And it it probably changes with what your family's priorities are and the ages that are in your home. Um, But I think ultimately using that structure to create security for families is is really important. Yeah, that that's so good, Taylor. I I mean, this word train we see in Ephesians four and Ephesians six later on in verse four, mm-hmm. uh, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord, and then in Deuteronomy, um, you know.
know, talk about the commandments of God when you're uh, at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And then Proverbs 22, 6, we talked about all of these on Sunday. Train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So training is key here. And the way that we train is, is we're in the game and we're also sharing, not our ideas of what what's best to parent, but God's ideas yeah, and God's order. And that's so important. I mean, you talk about submission. Mm. I'm submitted as a follower of Jesus to disciple my kids, to know Jesus. My biggest prayer is that they would come to know the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior, but they're gonna know all about Him. You know, they're gonna know all about Him when they get old because that that's our role as parents to do that. And yeah, striking that balance is not only important family, to family, but also kid to kid. kid. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets really hard and challenging. It's 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 a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, our culture, we, we, we idolize the workplace and our career and those advancements, but what you do in the home is way more important than uh, what you do in the workplace. I've heard it said that you're gonna have many bosses in your life, you're gonna have many teachers, you're gonna have many pastors and many spiritual Christian leaders, but you're only gonna have one dad mm-hmm. and one mom. You know, that, that role really can't be uh, fit by anyone else. Obviously, if there's a change in family dynamics and someone steps in as the dad or as the mom, um, but that's how important that role is in a kid's life. Yeah, I actually read a quote recently that said, you're replaceable in every role outside of your home, but you're irreplaceable in your home. That's and good. I think that, you know, there are uh, exceptions to those circumstances yeah. that mm-hmm. keep kids safe and healthy, mm-hmm. um, but it's very, very true of, man, where are you turning to first? Are you fully present in your home or are you totally checked out? Um, And I think as parents, that's something to be really mindful of. And I think that spans from, you know, infants all the way up to adult kids um, and and crosses multiple generations. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but there's a, a paradigm um, that or a spectrum where the younger your kids are, Sean taught us this, the younger your kids are, the more you need to be hands-on. Mm-hmm. So that's when they need more structure. That's mm-hmm. when they need more discipline. And then the older they get, you loosen up, you trust them more. You you tell them, hey, go on, go on adventure, make mistakes. And you know, when they're kids, when they're really, really small, you don't want them jumping off of the bunk bed just because they want to. <laughs> you know, they, they don't have the ability to discern whether that's a good or, or bad decision for, for their health for their own well-being. But the problem is, is that when we're absent, when they're younger, then we want to deal with that distance later on in their life. Oh, when when we're able to talk as adults, then I'm gonna be present in my kid's life. Well, unfortunately, you, you know, God can work miracles and restore and reconcile relationships, of course, but you do lose a lot of that. Uh, and, 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 and giving them attention early on is pivotal and, and then releasing them. So when they leave the home, yeah, they're, they're full on adults and, and ready to be effective out in the world. Yeah, I think another thing too, y'all just taught on or, or spoke of too was just being present. And I think about uh, just in hearing y'all talk just now and then even yesterday in a message, I think th- there is a difference. I, I see how y'all are talking about being present, not just physically, just being mm-hmm. present in their life, but just being present mentally, mentally and yeah. emotionally and relationally. I feel like that's that's a big difference, I feel like, than just being in the room. I think, and that even spans, in my opinion, to other relationships than just parenting because I think about times where I'm, I'm in the room or I'm at the table, but I'm not really there. And so, 
How do y'all two just continue to be present, again, not just physically, but just in all aspects to your kids? And I feel like part of that also has to be just what's happening in your own heart and how you can overflow out of that to be not only present to your kids, but again, to other people around you. Yeah, you know, I kind of mentioned this briefly yesterday, but I think one of the beauties of parenting is the ability to be someone who really knows your kids um, and for kids to be really known by parents and not just like favorite color, although that's important, you know, and sport or what job your child is currently doing, but to really know them, like what is going on in their world? What is hard? What is good? What is exciting? What are their hopes and what are their dreams? And I think we have that desire, you know, from all ages, um, and I think it's given by God. God, you know, created that desire to be known by someone inside of us um, as humans, and I think that kind of leads into the question that you asked. Yeah, how do we how do we stay how do we stay focused uh, and care yeah. and, and present emotionally and mentally in our in our in our parenting? Yeah, and I think a lot of times it's a choice. Is we choose to either be present or we mm-hmm. choose to numb out or check out or um, prioritize things that that go beyond. And you know, the, the truth is, is when you're desiring that from a diff- another person, you don't really care about their to-do list. You don't really care that there's laundry to be done. You don't care that they have five tasks to do. You just want that person in front of you. Um, and I think that's you know how I think about it and how I prioritize. And, and, and you have to fight for it mm. because things are waiting to be done. Things are lurking for your attention. Mm. Um, and so you really have to fight and make the decision to be there. Yeah, I don't think many people want to be ineffective in life. I think if if people are honest and, and driven, um, you want to be effective. You want to do mm-hmm. things that outlast um, you. And there's nothing more important that's going to outlast you than than your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids. I mean, if you think about uh, the generations, uh, God spoke to the Israelites, I'm the father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Mm-hmm. You know, that's three generations right there and then. This 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 is huge. So that helps me get into the game. When I remember uh, in God's order, my time at home is more important than my time doing anything for church. Even if I'm meeting with, I mean, you know, I have time set apart for other people, but my family needs me more than anyone else because they're the ones that are going to, you know, pouring into them is what's going to provide multiplication later on in in the generations. And and it's important there to loosen expectation. You know, you have a really athletic kid and you're like, oh man, this kid's gonna (laughs) knock balls out of the ballpark and all, all that stuff. Uh, the problem when you, we put all that expectation, that's when we do limit them too much. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's appropriate ways to train and to, to, to sh- sh- uh, sh- shepherd a child and their skills and, and their talents. Um, but for me, I, I, I'm convinced <laughs> that scripture is, is true. So as a pastor, for example, scripture is clear. How is my household? Mm-hmm. If my household is out of order, if my marriage is out of order, then that, 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 that's a symptom that should alert the overseers that should alert the church that something's out of whack because that's more important. Uh, you know, scripture says, how can a pastor or an elder take care of the church if they can't take care of their own home? Mm-hmm. So God, I mean, he, he puts us in our place, you know, <laughs> and teaches us what we really should prioritize. And again, 
I'm, I don't want to say that I always do that, but that's something that I always want to remind myself when I'm driving home, for example, and I'm ready to be with the kids at this age range, five to eight is exciting. <laughs> it, it's fun. And, and putting kids to bed sometimes is really great. And sometimes it's, it's hard and challenging. And so making sure that I'm in the right mental space to be present for my kids is huge. That's good. A lot of this reminds me of just even something we've talked about, both you've mentioned from the stage as well as the staff, just this concept of being and doing and just loving your kids for who they are and right. not what they're doing. I thought you had a great quote where you just said, where you just talked about not focusing on what they're doing, but the but focusing on who they are becoming. I think that's that's so key. And yeah. again, not just for parenting, but for relationships in general, as far as valuing people for who they are in Christ. And, and again, how <laughs> I don't want to keep going back to just how this happens or how this works, but uh, maybe what are ways in which you remind yourself of this truth or how have you seen this play out just in your own experience in your own home? Yeah, I think as parents, if we aren't calling out the strengths of our kids and the characteristics that God has put inside of them, then other people are. And we don't really want other people to call out those things. We want to be the ones who are calling out those things and giving mm-hmm. appropriate um, attention to that. I think, you know, early on before Jose and I Um, had kids. We were newly married and we were a part of a small group when we were living in Washington, D.C. And the conversation, you know, was up about family and priorities. And um, someone in that small group said that what they were learning is that it requires both quantity and quality time. And that's stuck with me ever since then, kind of in that concept of being present, because as a family, you need quality time. You need intentional conversations. You need, you know, moments that are corrective and provide discipline, but you also just need time. And you need time to be together. And you need time to work together as a team and to do the next thing as a team. Um, And I think that pulls in both of those being and the doing mm-hmm. um, as a unit. I love that you said the word team because that's exactly what I was thinking about. Every kid has unique, um, you know, a new gift, unique personality that brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. So the more time you actually spend uh, knowing a, a child, then the more you realize that they bring to the table in different seasons of life. And so that's what makes up a family. Uh, and, and when we're all empowered, when we're known, when we're going toward, moving towards health, that's what makes a family vibrant and fun and exciting. Unfortunately, we, we, we have all of these things that um, we have again, working against us in, in our society. For example, you know, social media can, can lead us to uh, put pictures where our families look great, but really internally and on the dining table and on the breakfast table or in the car on the way from school or at na- uh, at bedtime, you know, we don't see that bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I would really encourage all of us to be about the things that no one sees. And then it's little things done, done over a long Limpy. period of time that will then start to form and establish strong, healthy families. And if we, Cybers Creek Church, can be known for healthy, for being healthy families, not perfect, but moving towards health, whatever that looks like in our life season, then I think we'll have an, uh, an opportunity to impact our city and reach our world in a pretty significant way. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.